Welcome to Frontline Voices, a podcast by the Natural Resources Council of Maine. We all all share a love for Maine's environment. Every day, decisions are made that could impact our woods, waters, wildlife, and climate. Join us as we share stories of Mainers working to build healthier communities and protect what makes Maine so special. Well, Maine's legislative session has stretched into late July, with lawmakers expected to come back on July 25th to wrap up unfinished business. Two of the bills that they'll be voting on are top priorities of NRCMs and many of our partners. Uh, The first is a bill to boost offshore wind in the Gulf of Maine. That bill is now on the move after consensus language was reached between legislators, the Mills Administration, organized labor, a key fishing group, and environmental groups like NRCM. More on that later, but uh, suffice to say, it'll be a major step forward for bringing more Mainers reliable and affordable clean energy. It's also a great example of how Mainers come together with common purpose to do what's best in the interests of Maine's environment, economy, workers, and communities. The same could be said about the second bill, That's the bill to modernize Maine's bottle bill. We had Sarah Nichols on recently to speak about the policy details of that bill. But in this episode, I I wanted to get real, right? I wanted to speak with someone on the ground who knows the challenges and the opportunities facing our bottle redemption program best. Chandra Rubchenek, sorry, uh, is the co-owner of Jansel Bottle Redemption in Winthrop, Chandra spoke out in support of modernizing the bottle bill several times throughout the legislative session. She was a hero, like many of the local redemption center owners um, who spoke up. And she also attended our State State House Action Day to speak with legislators directly. Welcome to the podcast, Chandra. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yeah. And sorry for killing your last name. That's all right. It's difficult. It happens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'd love to just start off by learning a little bit about who you are and how you ended up down this path of working in the bottle redemption industry. Okay, so we don't have enough time to talk about all me, but I can tell (laughs) you that my co-owner has been slinging bottles for like 25 years. His uncle owned a bottle redemp uh, called Empty Bottle in Winthrop. Uh, For 40 years, he ran it. Um, Jake is his nephew and... um, at the beginning of the year, Jake took ownership. Um, and since I have the business aspect of it, I helped. And, um, and basically we came together, moved it across the street, bigger facility, um, implemented some new processes because there was no money to be made. So we had to make do with what we had, knowing that you guys were going to kick some butt and get this bill (laughs) passed so that we can continue to recycle, um, which is super important to the state of Maine. Um, and so we opened and it's been crazy. Uh, they didn't have social media before. So I started that. Um, we have people coming from like 45 minutes away with huge truckloads because there are no other bottery dumps. Um, I think Portland's got a couple, you know, they're, they're here and there, but most of them had closed. Um, so, you know, Jake, the, my co-owner, uh, he just wanted to kick back and, you know, sort some bottles, but he has been, I mean, we have been working. We had to work all of Easter. We worked eight hours on Easter because we just had to keep up. Um, So I'm really excited that these things have passed to make it worth it um, for us to stay open. That's great. It sounds like such a team effort. And you talked about the business aspect. You were just saying when we were talking before um, we hit record on the podcast that you you also own another business, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a children's store in Winthrop. Um, Yeah, nice. It's been open for 10 years. So 
the bottles are kind of a little break for me because it's just bottles in and bottles out. Um, yeah. I love my customers so much at Everything Kids. Uh, they're, they're the reason I've been open for 10 years. Um, again, another service um, providing an ability to reduce, reuse, and recycle. Um, yep. My mom made me a tree hugger. So here we are. <laughs> now, we're, now we're in recycling bottles, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about Maine, right? We're all so closely connected to the outdoors. I think we all, in lots of different ways, how, whoever you are and however you do it, I think we people feel this responsibility to like protect it. Right. And yeah, because we love to go out and enjoy it. So we yeah. want to keep it the way it is. Yeah. If you go uh, to other States, I mean, it's really apparent, like you, you just driving through a state that doesn't have a deposit on their bottles. Yeah. Um, it's clear, you know, uh, my mom's down in Massachusetts and she was looking to get the nip bill passed and she would pick up all the bottles and the nip bill didn't pass. So all she picks up now is nips on the side of the road, you know, thankfully amazing. Maine, we have a deposit, so they're not on the roads anymore. Right. To your point, that this bottle bill means that a lot of bottles and cans don't end up in the trash and they get yep. they, they get recycled. Um, I know we've learned, Sarah and Vanessa, who work on our Sustainable Maine team, have learned just so much with, uh, from speaking with local business owners like you and, 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 and then developing this bill to really meet those needs. Like you said, all these redemption center owners were closing because of the challenges. But like... Can you just, I, I'm curious, is there like, what's the most surprising thing for you uh, being relatively new to redemption, like being a redemption center owner and working uh, in, on, on, in bottle redemption? So I think I didn't realize how gross it was. <laughs> that is just like, I mean, we get, oh, I, I can't tell you. I mean, you know, you can judge a lot by, uh, about a person by their bottles, you know, uh, when, you, when they come in, man. Um, so that's one thing that we've struggled with. Um, uh, just the customer service aspect, you know, I feel like there's a lot of, um, older folks or maybe just like small business owners that don't have the retail experience, but really we need to make this the most easy, quickest way to recycle because convenience is key. If it's not mm -hmm. convenient, nobody wants to do it. So I've learned that, um, we just, we really, I mean, we have a donation trailer outside and the thing's full all the time because people see one person in line. They don't even want to wait two minutes. We have the quickest system pretty much in a hundred mile radius. I know there's a big guy in Portland. He's recycling a ton of bottles, um, but we, we got a machine that makes it even quicker. Nice. Our line goes down so quick, um, but people just need convenience. So I think that, you know, that's one thing that was more surprising because uh, people did, they used to wait a little bit for the bottles and now they just want to get in and out. And so we've made it, we've had to adjust to that. Right. Right. And I mean, that was part of the goal too of, of this bill, right. And some of the changes yeah. in the bill, yeah. I know, um, I know sorting is like a huge challenge, right. It's like hundreds so, of sorts yes. and, and this bill yeah. would, would simplify that. Can you just talk yeah. a, a little so, bit about that? Yep. So we changed our system. So before how most redems do it is they take your bottles and cans and they sort them in front of you and then they pay you. Well, we changed it so that we take them, we put them in these super sacks, these ginormous like pellet bags, um, and we sort them later. So we were preparing for the legislature to pass so that we can not have to be there until midnight sorting. Mm. So we have 325 different sorts. That's um, insane. the biggest thing, like I was quoted in the newspaper, like the same water bottle 
goes, I mean, identical water bottle has to be sorted into 12 different sleeves, which is like what we put them in. So once that goes through, it'll help uh, with labor costs and everything. But that is something that, um, you know, we just like pile them away, pile them away. Yesterday we filled 18 super sacks. So that means that those are like the two, the two ton bags or whatever. Um, and now we've had to, we don't even have a forklift, but we've had to like put them on top of each other. And we have a, like a 5,000 square foot building too. So it's, it's rocking and rolling down there. But once we can um, get that co-mingle to go yeah. through, and I think they have like two years to get this going, but yeah. um, that will definitely make a difference. The sooner the better. Yeah. You said 300. And then I think it goes down to, um, uh, you know, a couple dozen or three yeah, dozen or like something I, like that. Even if we could get it to 40, you know, yeah, even yeah. if all the, all the, you know, the recycling companies had their own, but by um, material, that would help tremendously. Well, and I think it's just so interesting as I learned about it. I mean, the reason there's 300 stores, I think, you know, if you think about it is because we were letting like these big corporations define the program and we weren't doing what's best for local business owners like you or Mainers who are trying to redeem. And Correct. that's like the shift, right? We're yes. like- we're, in, yep. we're, in, we're, we're making it more effective, more effective by focusing on the people on the ground and not doing, yep. not doing what like these huge corporations want to do. Cause we know they have the time, the resources and the money to deal with it. Yeah. So let's so not put I, the burden on people like you, you know? Yeah. What I learned being at the state house and stuff is that we just needed to implement a recycling program back in the seventies. So we kind of gave them incentive and nobody in the seventies thought like there would be so many single use containers, mm. uh, which is terrible by the way, just to yeah. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. bring a water bottle, people, you know, a, a reusable one. Um, you know, but the, the problem is that these were set in stone and, and they have a lot of money to fight um, in the state house and small redemption centers up until you guys stepping in and Sarah Nichols, you said, I'm here. No way. Sarah Nichols kills it. She was so (laughs) educated on something that, you know, really she didn't need to be, you know, she, um, I don't know. I, I just feel like she, she got to know redemption centers and knew that we needed to be represented and she did such a good job and she roped me in and I was happy to be teaming up with her to go educate some representatives um Mm -hmm. so you know that's that's one of the things um that needs to happen but it's really hard when you have redemption centers that haven't made any money for like three years Mm -hmm. to go to the state house which is very intimidating you know I had to find my best clothes to wear I mean you know I'm, I'm slinging bottles and then the next day I'm wearing a little cute outfit to go, you know, be all business and professional where these people do it every single day. They have lobbyists, they have all the resources. So I feel like we did a really good job and and Sarah and your organization did a good job to um, get us represented represented, um, with the big corporation. So Mm -hmm. we made some progress and I was sitting across the table with a huge guy from Coca-Cola. I felt pretty good about myself. Yeah, well, you so, rocked it. You rocked it. And and that's exactly the partnership that makes NRCM and our work so successful, though, is it's like, you know, we can have these policy experts, but it's that people power. It's getting people on the ground who know that, you know, to to get into the state house, um, to cross that barrier, because it can be intimidating, right? Well, and to yeah, like and I think counter the, that yeah, corporate influence. Yeah, the Coca, you know, these guys, like, they're, they don't really get to see. And, and what I told them is that, you know, we have to pay for b- these bags. And at some point, 
um, you know, they're selling these bags back to the recycling companies. We have to pay $1,800 every month or so for these bags. And at some point they were providing free bags or whatever. And something happened with that because Redemps didn't have representation, but yeah. at the table across from him, I think I, I really, um, I felt like he started to listen when I said, we're, you're talking millions of dollars and I'm talking thousands, which is mm -hmm. life changing to small redemps across the state. I said, this is nothing. And so he was doing his numbers. And I think that that really, I think hearing it from somebody that um, maybe he was there at some point in his life, maybe yeah. could relate to the fact that this really is life changing. And, and I think that's in the new bill. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is in the new bill to help yeah. to help redemption centers pay for the cost of these yep. these bags, which, like yeah. you said, is a huge, huge barrier. And again, that's the shift. But it takes like I said, it takes voices from people like you. And, yeah. and I know you attended our State House Action Day, which we have every year. And uh, it was, I can't wait to come back. I got to find oh, something else to come back for. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you is there anything that stands out to you? I mean, you get, just gave some good examples, but do, is there anything that stands out to you from that from that experience at State House Action Day? I understood. Yes. You, I think you spoke directly yes. with some legislators, right? I can't believe so. I, I had I'm like 44. I've never, you know, I, I didn't even take a field trip to the State House. I basically had no idea how easily accessible your representatives are. I really mm. dislike the way that business is done. They all talk in this hallway, and major decisions are made in that hallway. But I can tell you, I mean, you get a chance to talk to people that are going to make a difference. I have amazing um, state represent representatives, Craig Hickman and Tavis. Those guys are right on the same page with everything. Mm -hmm. um, so it's easy. But when I went to the state house, there were some people, some representatives that really um, didn't even want the bottle bill. They didn't, mm -hmm. they didn't care about it. They, they didn't see any positive. And um, after having a conversation and, and being a real person, right in front of them. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I encourage everybody to get involved. I mean, your organization made it so good. I have some, you know, I don't want to walk into a room with people I don't know, and especially so, so intimidating, but you guys have you even fed me. Come on now. That's, you know? <laughs> that's um, key. <laughs> so yeah. So I think anybody that really wants to make a difference, or even if you have some spare time, just go to one of your organization, you know, one of the meetings and the action days. Um, it was just surprisingly um, moving, I guess. Yeah, that's great. Well, and, you know, we really appreciate the fact that you attended and you've taken all this time. And, and as you said, you, you, you came back and I think it made, you know, it, it, it made a big, it made a big difference uh, for, for sure. And getting this, you know, across the finish line and where we are, where, where we are. I just want to loop back. We talked a little bit about um, like sorting the, 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 the bags that were a cost bearer. Can you talk a little bit about any other challenges that redemption centers have been facing, you employees. know, that are, yeah. employees, employees, employees. Yeah. This is not great work, but you know, we, we aren't, you know, they, we finally just got that raise. So that means we can stay open, but we have rent to pay. We have, you know, and we don't, we can't offer a huge amount of money. We, we try to take care of our employees as much as we can, but this is not the greatest work. It's a 5,000 square foot building. There's no AC. We just bought a bunch of fans. Um, we're paying them as much as we can. You know, the industry right now, the labor, the labor industry, it's just terrible. You know, Tough. people showing up. Um, and this isn't, I mean, it is dirty work, you know, you smell, 
I mean, we provide gloves. We, we do everything that we can possibly do to make it okay. And it's just, um, you know, sorting just takes a long time and, mm-hmm. um, it's repetitive. It's mm-hmm. gross. So I think that that's, I, I believe it's not just the redemption world though. It's everybody yeah. is struggling with, with, f- to find employees. So, um, we're yeah. getting through we're, we have some high schoolers that are, that are killing it, actually doing really well. Um, cause they're, you know, I don't know. It's just repetitive. They can just come in. We let them come in when we're not even open. Now we have like a night shift. Yeah. Um, so that seems to be working. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And the, the money you talked about was, uh, there are actually two bills. And we talked about this with Sarah, there was a emergency bill that has already been passed and passed into law and took, you know, basically went into effect immediately, which was to increase the handling fee. That's, that's not the deposit that like a consumer is paid. That's, a handling fee redemption centers are paid. And that's actually where you make your money. Like people might think that you make money from the deposits, but redemption right. centers don't. And yeah, so that's, that's been a big, I've had to educate a lot of people because it sounds very simple. Um, even some legislate, some state representatives didn't really understand. We're not touching the nickel. Everybody was concerned. Oh, it's going to raise, but that's mm-hmm. not the problem. The problem is, is that we're processing all of this and it's, we have to be able to get paid at some level so the nickel is your incentive to return your your bottle we get a handling fee which was raised one penny and then in september it will be raised a half a cent so that penny made it so that we can stay in business and get mm-hmm. through the next september so um i'm hoping that with the commingle we'll be able to have a really well um you know lucrative business um mm-hmm. and be able to just you know keep providing the quickest service that we can in order to to incentivize people to really recycle their bottles yeah, great. Well, so um, can, we've talked a lot about the changes, but are there other changes that you're looking forward to? Did we miss any changes that you're looking forward to uh, as a result of these laws? I mean, we talked about the sorting, we talked about the bags, we just talked about the handling fee. Are there any other, uh, I mean, those are all big. So, that, yeah. you know, if there are, there that's, was, that's okay. But there was a couple little things in there, like um, the, the people, the, the companies picking up their returnables, they have a certain amount of time that's, mm-hmm. you know, written in that bill from the seventies. So that got a little bit lower because, um, who does it fall on when, if they have an employee call out, do we have to pay for storage for these bottles? Yeah. Um, we don't have space for them. And that is, we're really fortunate to have an amazing building, but there are some smaller redemps that don't have that space. So that was in there. Um, I think it went from like 14 days to seven days or something like that. They have, um, nice and to then, pick up. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I know clink is a great organization. They, they provide a very convenient service and there was a lot of very fine details, um, for what they got had included in that bill, which mm. I don't think really affects, um, many of the redemption centers. Um, but I know, um, there was some fine print. There's always fine print, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's all good. And I think that everybody involved compromised a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, we, they were thinking about trying to raise that handling fee again, which did not go through. Yeah. Um, but I think if we get the co-mingle, we, we should be okay to sustain. Nice. Yeah. I mean, as you said, you know, Sarah, yourself, other redemption center owners, Rep Hepler, who is like the champion on this bill, um, really came together with um, some of the local companies like craft brewers and others that might be affected by this bill to really listen from them. Yeah. Yeah. That was some, no, sorry. That was just something I'm glad that you brought that up because really there was two bills that were brought up and they really pitted small redemps against small breweries. And yeah. 
I was kind of devastated. I didn't know that that was even, you know, we went to the first meeting and, and it was like, why am I fighting? Why, why do I feel like we're fighting? So I brought that up right at the round table. First thing I said is we're both small businesses. We're looking at, you know, let's address the elephant in the room. On the other side of the room was all these, um, you know, very, very large companies. And I feel like after this, I'm hoping that all the craft breweries are going to come together and maybe get mm. their own distribution. I don't know. They, I think that they need change. Yeah. And, um, and whether they, they notice that or not, but I feel like, um, underrepresented small businesses really got the short end, but I'm happy that we did. I feel like we all came together so mm -hmm. that we, you know, we all had to compromise, but we were the, the craft breweries are still, they, they were really worried about the, um, handling fee going up. Yeah. So that was their part that, that we compromised and, and they didn't, they're not going to have to pay more to get their beer out there. So, right. Like you said, let's not pit Maine's small businesses yeah. against each other. And that was the yeah. cool thing. Just listening to that process. I knew everyone really dug in and worked toward a solution. It was intense. That I'll tell work. you. I'm that sure. Was very, yeah. Yeah. It was intimidating and intense and, um, lots of information. Uh, it was good. It was really cool to see how it all works though. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I just want to wrap up by, you know, we've talked a lot about the bottle bill, obviously it's our old, it's been around for like 45 years. It's our most successful recycling litter prevention program. Uh, redemption centers like you are experts. You got, you guys make it work, right? What, is there anything else you'd like people to know about the bottle bill, um, about how people can help make this program yes, you know, successful? So, so a lot of people don't know that if you buy a six pack, and you don't, those nickels don't get returned in the state of Maine, that money doesn't go to the state. It doesn't go to small businesses. It goes to large corporations. Mm -hmm. It goes to Budweiser and Coca-Cola. So um, flip that nickel, keep it local, make sure you return them. Um, don't crush them mm -hmm. yet until we get maybe that going, but don't crush them. Don't take the labels off. Don't put your cigarette butts in them. Don't spit in them. You know, um, it, it really a lot of people just think that, oh, it's just a nickel, but really it's $16 million that mm -hmm. is being thrown away that could stay in the state of Maine that could be used for everything. Just staying in the, in the state of Maine is important enough and yeah. to keep small businesses. So really it is important to recycle, to return your bottles. Um, recycling is one thing. Take your fluff containers to the dump. Right. Bring your anything that you paid a deposit, make sure you get your deposit back or donate it to an organization that will. Um, that's yeah. like probably 25% of our business is all fundraisers right now. It's charities. So, that's, I yeah. mean, that's one of those super cool things about the bottle redemption too, is the ability to support yeah. these local organizations. Yep. And I think that distinction you made is so important because I'll admit that I was one of those people that was like just recycled bottles and yeah. cans because I'm like it's yep. the same thing and then Sarah got on me thank you yeah. Sarah and and I I actually learned a lot from even this whole process of that NRCM's done and and learned exactly what you said that 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 it, it matters for you to actually redeem those bottles and cans yeah. whether it's at a local redemption center support those yeah. local businesses uh whether it's at clink whether it's supporting a charity because they're actually getting recycled and you're really strengthening that circular economy because those materials are more likely to actually get reused. Yep. And so yeah. um, that's, that's so important. Well, 
So my last question, um, well, I have two last questions, but one of the <laughs> things I learned about you that I want to just, I want to just uh, hear a little bit more about is you're a professional women, you're on a professional women's football I am, team. Yes. Yeah. Um, just taught the so, mayhem, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So the main mayhem, um, I played like 13 years ago, but then I got pregnant and I'll tell you what, I came back, I needed to do something for me. And I'll tell you what, this organization is top notch. They do outreach to girls of fall, which is uh, younger girls that are playing football in the state of Maine. We just came back from West Palm beach, Florida to play in the Eastern championship game. So Maine mayhem now is the Northeast champions. Nice. Um, E3. So we, um, we're right out of, yeah, we're right out of Portland. I travel to play, um, the group of women, they are, I mean, they're, can I swear? They're badass. Like they <laughs> are just like, you don't want, I mean, they, they just know the game inside and out. They, they are professional athletes and I'm so proud to be part of this organization and we're going to kill it next year. We have some new players. Um, we're recruiting right now for our next year season. We play in the fall. Nice. Um, and then we, well, we, we start in the fall and then we play in the spring and we play right down there in Portland and we're a nonprofit. You can give our, you can give your bottles to us too. So, oh, nice. um, <laughs> but anyway, so that's right on Facebook and, uh, right online and everything. Um, it's a great, and it just gotta be 18 and I'm an old lady and I'll tell you some girls younger and they're killing it. So I love it. Main yeah. mayhem. Look it up. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I got to bring my daughter to one of those games. Yes. That sounds yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. The other thing we talked about is, um, you know, and that the bottle bill really exemplifies is that uh, the outdoors unite us, right? We talked about this. We all, we don't take it for granted because we're so close to it. Uh, you also said you were just camping. So I just wanted to hear from you, like what your favorite outdoor activity is or an activity that gets you outside in Maine outdoors that you really enjoy. Well, really anything. I mean, look at the state, right? We can go do anything. Um, mountain biking at Bradbury. We went to Papoose Pond, so swimming. Um, nice. I live in Winthrop, man. We have the best lakes. Um, we have the best lakes around here. We can, I can walk right down the road with my kiddos. Um, kayaking, you know, there's just so much in the state. That's awesome. Well, Chandra, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank, this you has been... thank you guys so much for all the work that you do. I really appreciate it. And not just me, but all the smaller redams and small businesses. Um, you guys do so much for our environment. Um, and it's great uh, to have you guys on our, on our side. Yeah. Well, and thank you for being part of the process. I know you were a powerful voice uh, and a big part of getting this bill across the finish line. So uh, thanks so much and have a good rest of the summer. It looks like it might have stopped raining for once we might enjoy the sun for a little bit so yeah it's beautiful out yeah all right great thank you so awesome. much thank you thank you for listening to maine environment frontline, frontline voices. voices since 1959 nrcm has been tapping into the power of maine people science and the law to protect and enhance the nature of maine to learn more about our work protecting maine's environment visit nrcm.org or follow us on social media at nrcm environment